Blog Talk Radio. Throughout history, man has seen large hairy bipeds stalking the forests and canyons of the world. What is it that has captured the fear and excitement of so many people? Is it the boogeyman? Or more likely, an undiscovered species habitating our most remote wilderness? Join us now for our quest into the mystery of the Sasquatch, also known as Bigfoot. Welcome to Squatch Detective Radio. February 20th, 2011 edition of Squatch Detective Radio. I'm your host, Chris Bennett, sitting in for Steve Coles, who's still on assignment in Scotland, bless his heart. Uh, We've got a great guest for you tonight, and I'm excited to have her on the show, and we'll get to her in just a few minutes. But uh, first, I want to introduce, we got a a special uh, guest co-host, and uh, a man that that really needs no introduction, I'll just say he's the director of Sasquatch Watch of Virginia and uh, the host of the, the much-loved Sasquatch Watch radio show, Mr. Billy Willard. Hey, Billy, were you with us tonight? Let's see if I've got... No, Billy's still muted. Let me see if I can unmute him here. Okay, Billy? Yep, no drum rolls, please. There we go. <laughs> yeah, the the mute and the unmute button seems to be sticky tonight, but uh, you did all right. You doing all right tonight, Billy? I'm doing just fine. How about you? Good deal. Well, I'm I'm recovering. I've been a little bit under the weather, but uh, that's uh, that's better than than under the ground. But that's right. We've had some really nice weather here lately, though. I mean, it has been just almost like spring. What about you guys? Oh yeah, Friday was the best. Friday it got up into the 70s, and it was enough to force me to pull the bike out of uh, hibernation. Uh oh. Oh, you've been riding up and down the road on the motorcycle? Yes, we have. All right, good deal. Well, I'm going to have to pull mine out of the barn and see if I can get it to run. <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, let me go ahead and get to our guest. Tonight, folks, we've got Melissa Hovey, and uh, I'm tickled to have her. A little bit about Melissa. Uh, well, first thing, she's she's got a resume about a mile long, so I'm not going to go over the whole thing because we'll – That'd take the whole show. But uh, Melissa is a researcher from Dallas, Texas. Uh, she's also the president of the American Bigfoot Society. Uh, she uh, she has her own blog and forum entitled The Search for Bigfoot. And, uh, oh, my goodness, she has been uh, – she's hosted and co-hosted, been involved in so many uh, talk radio shows. Uh, Let's Talk Bigfoot, uh, that was a good one. Uh, uh, the Sasquatch Experience with, with, with Sean Forker, that's, that's one of my favorites. 
And uh, also, I think the latest one now uh, is uh, the gray area, and I'm not uh, I'm not sure if she's still doing it. We'll get the, we'll get the info on that from her in a minute. But uh, Melissa was also featured on the all female expedition episode of Monster Quest. And uh, so, Melissa, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. Very glad, very tickled to have you. Uh, <laughs> you have got uh, goodness. Uh, what about this the gray area? Are, are we uh, still doing that now? Or? Well, right now we're on hiatus. I'm okay. kind of taking a break from that. There is one thing okay. that I do need to correct. Um, I'm no longer okay. in Texas. I now lo- okay. I now uh, live in Ohio. So. All right. Well, let me work that down. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that's great. Hey, you're closer. You're closer than what I thought you were. That's great. You just got closer. But yeah. uh, Kentucky and Ohio. Uh, yeah, in fact, we were just here. yeah, we were just down in uh, Kentucky what uh, a year or two ago. Oh, cool. Yeah. So you recently you recently moved Ohio. Mhm. Is it that big of a big difference from Texas? Well, originally I'm from Wisconsin. Well, mm-hmm. born in born in Iowa, raised in Wisconsin. Right. Uh, Moving from Wisconsin to Texas was not just a climate change. It was an enormous culture shock. Oh, so yeah. um, Ohio is much more of what I'm used to. I'm back, oh, to yeah. I'm back to having a white Christmas and bundling up for the winter. And, and I, I mean, people always complain about the snow and stuff when you're from the north. But i got to tell yeah. you, when you're away from it for a while, boy, you just, you just don't realize how much, of, how much it becomes a part of you, you know? Oh, yeah. 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 So I really missed it, and I'm I'm thrilled to be back. You know, I'm I'm back up north in Ohio. We live just south of Lake Erie, and um, I'm engaged, and it's it's a whole new life and a whole new world for me. So I'm oh, I'm pretty happy where I'm at. Yeah, I remember thinking when uh, in the mid uh, '80s, uh, of course, I joined the Air Force, and they sent me out to uh, Alamogordo, New Mexico, where I was stationed out there, and wow. I was just a a boy from Kentucky, you know, I'd never been outside of Kentucky other than maybe going to the Smoky Mountains or Myrtle Beach or something. Mm-hmm. And they sent me way out west. And I remember thinking, you know, when I was first driving through all the desert, I was like, golly, you know, this is real. Uh, <laughs> I, I'd only seen it on the TV before. So, ugh, how yeah, do people kidding. make a living out here, you know? But uh, I yeah. sure did miss the green while I was out there. Oh, I know but, that. Uh, Anyway, let, let me get let me get on to these questions here. And if anybody has a question or comment, feel free to call in. The, the, the number is 347-996-5800. And uh, questions or comments, or you can call in and aggravate Billy, whatever you want to do. <laughs> but uh, first, uh, Melissa, uh, how did you get started, uh, or what did you what got you interested in Bigfooting? Well, like most people, my interest in the mystery started young. Um, I've always been a an avid solver of mysteries. Uh, mm-hmm. My fiance will tell you that we'll watch you know all these different uh, shows on television, and I have it figured out in the first five minutes, and it drives him crazy. But um, <laughs> I, I love a good mystery. And when I was in elementary school, we had these book fairs, and I used to. I remember the first time I seen a book with this thing on the front of it. It was a big ape, and I thought, oh, that's really cool, and I picked it up and bought it and took it home, and and I read it, and I thought, that's unreal. You know, can that even be possible, you know? But I've always I've always had a, an open mind, and, and I've always liked to consider the possibilities of things that I just don't know about. And um, when I was in Wisconsin, I met somebody... Um, talking to somebody on another website about the subject of Bigfoot. And then I found out, you know, I realized that I'd be moving to Texas um, for a job, and that person told me that there was an organization in Texas that I should look up once I got there. And I did, and I became a member of the TBRC, and that's it, you know. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. Do you remember, uh, did, like, uh, when you were a kid or something, do you ever remember seeing the Patterson-Gimlin film, like, uh, years and years and years ago? I do. I do. You do? I, I remember the first time I seen it, it was on it was on that show that Leonard Nimoy did. And I always paid attention to everything Leonard Nimoy did because I was Oh, yes. Yeah. 
I'm a true I'm a true truckie man. I could sit here and talk oh, about you both. Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, when yeah. Leonard Nimoy does something, I pay attention. <laughs> oh yeah. But yeah, so you know, yeah, I, Spock I says that it, it's true. You know. Yeah, it's got to be because you know he everything is logical to him. So I remember seeing that, and um, I remember listening to some of the recorded vocals on that program, or you know, alleged vocals or you know, simulations. Right. And I thought, right. Good Lord Almighty, could something like that be out there? And initially, I mean, it terrified the heck out of me to think that something like that could be out there in this world. Because right. reading the book put it in my head, but seeing it in the Patterson Gimlin film gave it a yeah. whole new spectrum of reality you know yeah so um it yeah i remember watching those shows quite a bit and the patterson gimlin film when i seen that i thought wow that's got to be real you know well yeah i I remember watching that you know a long time ago and uh, the uh, a lot of people will will say that they first got interested uh in the bigfoot phenomenon after seeing uh the legend of boggy creek but uh, mm-hmm. that, that wasn't so for me. I mean, I didn't actually, I didn't see that until maybe I don't know, five or six years ago. You know. <laughs> well, see, but, you're uh, you're in the same boat I'm in because I didn't even see yeah. that till I moved to Texas. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'd never even heard of it. Yeah. I remember uh, people talking about it uh, and other guys talking about it in school, but uh, I don't know. We just, you know, that was one of those things. We didn't really go out to the drive-in that much and. Uh, that was normally about the way you only saw a movie. Your parents loaded you up at the to the drive to the drive-in, and uh, you went and saw it then. And of course, you know I don't know you don't know my dad, but he's not one that's that's really big on in the subject of Bigfoot. So, <laughs> so well, that was that would that would have been a pipe dream for me to get to go anyway. Right. Well, you know about the only the only movie I ever seen at the drive-in was when I was a kid, and I wasn't even supposed to be watching it. Was the movie Prophecy? Do you remember that with? Prophecy of the Monster movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the big scary, yeah. Skip bears or whatever they were. <laughs> oh, it was in Maine. Okay. Well, anyway, yeah. See, that was probably the only movie that really made me afraid to ever go into the woods, and that was the movie I was thinking about the very first time I went into the field with the TBRC. Oh. <laughs> you know, people always oh, no. say to me, "Well, yeah." People always say, "Well, are you afraid of Bigfoot?" And I'm like, "No, I'm not. Not really. I'm more afraid of things I know about." You know, yeah. but that movie really scared the living dickens right out of me. But you know, I, I guess I've never really been afraid that I was going to come across this animal for some reason. I right. guess like you know, a lot of people really are. So I don't know. Right. Well, I'm afraid of them. Uh, <laughs> have you uh, have you had an encounter or sighting yourself personally? No. Not uh, not a full sighting, no. Right. And uh, do you do investigations like sighting reports or witness interviews, or, or have you done them in the past? Oh, absolutely. In fact, I'm working on one right now. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'll be hitting you the. Can share with us on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll be hitting the American Bigfoot Society website uh, in the in the near future. Um. I don't know if okay well I'll tell you this um <clears throat> it's still in the I'm still in the works with us um yeah. it happened up in the northwest territories up above mm-hmm. you in Canada yeah. um it's a a gentleman who spends who has spent a lot of time in in the great outdoors he's an avid hunter and fisherman yeah. and um I mean I think you probably have to be to spend any amount of time up there um it was an interesting sighting. It was a visual sighting. Uh, there was a little bit of a distance. Um, but that's really at this point all that I want to say about it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you know, that's, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> is, there a, a, is there one, is there like a sighting or an encounter that you'd investigated that you thought was extremely odd or interesting? You know, maybe a different one? <laughs> hmm. One that I've investigated that I thought was interesting. Yeah, or maybe uh, odd, like uh, Bigfoot turned over the porta potty or something. I don't know. <laughs> no, I haven't. I haven't gotten any of those. Um, I've received some emails about you know Bigfoot being transferred into a UFO, but I've never really followed oh. up on those. I've uh, transferred well, those others to other people. Um, but um, you're going to get into my next question. <laughs> 
Let's see. Interesting. I don't know. Well, I think all reports, honestly, are interesting because, right. you know, I mean, if you're taking the time to actually investigate the sighting, um, right. there must be something to it that that exactly. piques your curiosity or your interest or you wouldn't waste your time with it. You know, you'd like, okay, whatever, you know, you just move exactly. on. So, right. and honestly, I think every single report is interesting. I mean, if, as right. long as there's, you know, as long as you find the witness credible and the information coming from the witness is is down to earth and it's not, you know, there's no problems with with the witness or the report itself or the comments right. being made. I think I think every report could has the potential of holding information, and I think our biggest problem as researchers is we haven't quite yet figured out how to take that information and turn it into something useful. So let's hope that we figure out how to do that sometime too, soon because you never know. I mean, the answers could be staring us right in the face sitting in those reports, and we just don't yeah. know what it is. Right. Because we take the reports, file them away, and that's all we ever do with them. Right. Very cool. That's right. A lot of truth in that statement. Um, that, 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 that brings me up to the next question here. You touched on this a little bit, but do you believe that uh, the Bigfoot creatures, do you believe they're a biological, or do you think they're paranormal? They, okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> wow, Billy could probably answer this question. Um, I think that Bigfoot, if it is indeed out there, is a flesh and blood animal. I can't yeah. think of another animal on the face of this planet that has the paranormal abilities that that are being assigned to it by some people. I mean, if well. somebody could please show me another animal where paranormal abilities have been assigned, then you might get me on board. But I don't understand why it has to go to, to that level. I really don't. Uh, you know, I, the same, yeah. <laughs> I you know, see the same exact way. I mean, this is this is hard enough. You know, it's it's hard enough to get out there and find a good area and get people to talk to you and the whole nine yards. And People, I mean, they get really upset with me because I will not take that into consideration. I will not consider that type of report credible. You know, or if somebody calls me up and says, you know, the animal disappeared right in front of my eyes. Well, you know, there are logical explanations for that that have nothing to do with the paranormal. You know, it's just right. we're not we're not exploring those types of situations like we should right. be. You know, and doing the line of work that I have done for a lot of years. That type of situation was is it's more common than people might think, and it just basically has to do with human psychology and how right. people react under stressful situations. Right. So, you know, we're not taking those things into account. So, do I think that Bigfoot can disappear? No. Do I think there's something paranormal about it? No. Do I think that you could have ghosts? and Bigfoot happening all at the same time, but have them be completely separated as two separate phenomena handi- uh, happening in the same place? Sure. Yeah. Why not? Okay. Right. But, but, no, but the Bigfoots are not the ghosts. <laughs> no. And I don't think that they're the intergalactic pets of aliens and that this is the kennel for them. I've had that said <laughs> exactly. to me before, too. You know, and I don't take anything away from those people. You know, if that's what you want to think, that's what you want to think. You know, that's fine. Just you know, don't, stop bashing me because I don't agree with that. I'm not bashing anyone else. It's just right. no one's given me a good enough reason to even consider that as an option yet. You know, and right. I just uh, I have to go with the things that are easier to work with. So right. that's my right. stance on the whole paranormal Bigfoot issue. You know, I've, I've always, always I've always been with the belief that the simpler you make things the easier it is to uh, understand or the easier it is to accept. Absolutely. Start with the basic elementaries and then work your way up from that. Absolutely. And there's nothing wrong with that, you know. I mean, if people are out there and they want to consider the idea of paranormal, where it comes to this animal, that's fine. But, you know, if you don't want us to bash you, then you shouldn't be bashing us. (laughs) You know, fine, whatever. They're, I think you know they have this really, really uncanny ability to be able to move out away from an area fast, and I think maybe some people 
maybe they close their eyes or they turn their head and these things are gone and that they think they just disappeared. But in actuality, I think it boils back to there's an old uh, Southern rock song called, uh, I think it's Give Me Three Steps, uh, which I think has a lot to do with it. Uh, and the, the lyrics to that, it says, give me three steps, mister, and you'll never see me, uh, three steps towards the door and you'll never see me no more. You and know I what? believe that's about all they need, about three steps and they're gone. You know what? I'll give you a really good example of what I think happens sometimes, too. Um, about a year or two ago, I posted a blog. Wayne and I were out walking in a in an area outside of town. Um, it's an old abandoned quarry. And we're walking up these trails, and it's there's a bunch of you know trees and forest litter and brush and all kinds of bushes and all kinds of things. And we're walking up this trail, and I had already walked by. And Wayne stopped, and he said, hey, come back here. He goes, did you see that? And I said, did I see what? And he goes, come back here and look. And so I went back and I stood next to him and he goes, see, it's, it, he said, look, it's right there. And I looked and I stood there and I looked and looked and looked. And I, for the life of me, I could not see what he was talking about. And I was like, I don't know, what, what do you want me to look at? What am I looking for, Wayne? Give me a clue. And he goes, don't you see it? It's right there. And he's pointing in the direction. And I was like, I don't see it. Tell me what it is. And he goes, there's a fawn right there. And then I looked, and I went, oh, my God, you're right. There was a little baby fawn hidden behind the trees in a, in a, with some brush and stuff, some vines and stuff coming up in front of it. And it was, for me, it was perfectly camouflaged. I walked right by it, didn't even know it was there. And, yeah, 15 feet away from me. <laughs> I didn't even see it, you know, and... And I posted the pictures. I posted a picture that's on my blog, and then I zoomed it in so that people could see the fawn. It's it's amazing what you don't see if you're not really paying attention. You know, yeah. so that's another really good example of what can happen. Yeah. And uh, that movie, uh, what is it? Oh, Harry and the Hendersons. Uh, there's one scene that towards the end of that movie, to where there Harry is walking away to the wilderness and did all his. Uh, his buddy just kind of step out of the background where everybody, you know, wasn't paying attention before, and there's like two right. or three of them. Right. And it's I not, told my know. wife, <laughs> when they played that scene, I told my wife, I looked at her, and I said, that's it, exactly. <laughs> that, right. That's what they do. It's not invisibility, it's camouflage. Right, exactly. You know, so, I mean, and any animal has the ability to, to use its surrounding environment for its own protection. Yeah. And you could be walking through a, a wooded area and not know that there was a deer standing right next to you. Or a bear. I know bears are in the woods. I know there yeah. are black bears. I've never seen one, but I know they're out there. So, you know, I don't know. It's, it's. I think that it's, a lot of it just has to do with the fact that animals in general are just much, much better at hiding themselves in a natural environment than humans. We've forgotten how to do that because we live in homes now, you know. But I think at one time we were probably good at that, too. So. Yeah. And I think uh, the average person, too, uh, once they get out in the woods, we're, we're bad about ignoring stuff. And we can walk right past stuff and never see it. Uh, you know, yeah. people get snake bit all the time because of that. Right, <laughs> like, right. Uh, even large things that, that would stick out to one person, uh, you know, another person will just walk right past it and never even see it. I never had known it was there. Exactly. And uh, it's, it's just amazing sometimes. Uh, uh, we've experienced the same thing here in Kentucky, you know, when I'm out with one of my trekking buddies, and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll pass something up, and, and maybe John, John will say, hey, did you see that? And I'm like, oh, no, I didn't. But uh, it's, just, it's just amazing that what we will ignore and you have to just retrain your whole your whole way of thinking. You know, if you glimpse something out of the corner of your eye, you can't just ignore it and go on. You got to stop, <laughs> and you got to right. look very carefully and see what's going on over there, because there yep. very well could be something going on. Yep. But, uh, oh, anyway, well, uh, Melissa, what what do you think that the Bigfoot creatures are? Um, now, there's been some. Some theories posed. Uh, one of them, where they think it's a gigantorelative, 
right. or descendant of Gigantopithecus. Uh, one of the theories, this is on this, this last uh, documentary, uh, they thought it may be a, a prehistoric man. And uh, I think another theory, which was uh, a new one that I hadn't heard, was an, an Indian shaman in training. Um, well, you're going to be hard-pressed hard to find an Indian shaman in training here in the state of Ohio because we don't even have any reservations. So, um, And that was just my own personal research. Yeah. Right, um, right. Yeah. So, no, I don't um, – I think that maybe that could account for some of the uh, situations that happened maybe in the Pacific Northwest and maybe right. there in Canada where these, where these various tribes are. That may account for – for a certain percentage, but mm-hmm. is as far as the whole <clears throat> early man, I think right. Homo. What they call it, Homo. I'm not even gonna try it. Um, um, what was yeah. it, Billy? <laughs> What's that? Um, what was the the early man that they call Homo Bergensis or something like yeah, that? Yeah, Homo. Yeah, Homo Bergensis. I, I don't know. Bergensis? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Close enough. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, um, you know, and if that's it, then that doesn't account for the sightings that you know people discuss where the animals completely hair covered. Right. Right. You know, yeah. and that that to me doesn't make sense. So I yeah. mean, I'm kind of stuck in that whole. Okay, well, but you still have problems because people aren't reporting. They're reporting human like animals but you know nobody really asks people to to explain that when they say that the animal looked human right and i ask people to explain that and what they tell me is you know their their facial expressions or they'll they'll break it down and tell me why they think that i've never had somebody turn around and say well because it looked like a human being they don't say that they say well it had like human expressions or you know had eyes nose and mouth and it stood upright like me and you you know, they don't they don't say, well, because it looked like my Uncle Charlie. No, they don't say that. So right. I have a problem with the whole early man theory, but, mm-hmm. God, who knows? I mean, what can happen over the years with just adaptation to an environment? I don't know. Sure. But I just, for some reason, I just don't think that's it. I think I still am still stuck in the whole Gigantopithecus camp. I think that's where I'm still sitting. So, because that to me seems like it has a, a greater chance of, of being true. Um, yeah, but, I know, think it would account for uh, for the size, too. You know, if, right. uh, if, 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 if Bigfoot was a, a type of prehistoric man, I mean, we, we do have fossils. There, there are fossil records uh, and they don't show that those guys are to be of any enormous size, but now with Giganto, uh, you know they they pretty much think that 12 feet tall is is not uh, not wouldn't be out of the ordinary for one of those. And uh, well, yeah, I think. But then again, you're talking about you know where it's at in the country. Exactly. I'm not sure that there's too many sightings around here of a 12 foot animal. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, are there any sightings in Kentucky of an animal that's more than 10 feet tall? Uh, only one that I know of. <laughs> yeah, it's just not real common here. Right, I think, right. Yeah, I think the real tall ones are over on the Pacific Northwest side, which even hurts that theory even more. Right. So, I don't know. I, I'm i not a primate specialist. I don't know anything about about that kind of stuff. Mm. And I I try to stay out of that whole argument because... <laughs> Lord knows how that's going to come out, but um, I still well, I still cling to the Gigantopithecus because to me that just seems more more plausible. Right. And uh, Melissa, one one of my favorite topics is uh, eye shine and the color of eye shine. Uh-huh. And I was wondering if you have investigated uh, any cases where eye shine has been reported, and uh, if you could tell us uh, was there any certain color that was reported more often or just the various different colors or <clears throat> um I have not re- 
I've not investigated any reports of eyeshine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... Well, you might as well quit your laughing. You might, I mean, <laughs> don't, don't sit there and laugh because everybody knows you got something on your mind. <laughs> but I, okay, yeah, and I know this is going to just tickle the hell out of Billy, pardon my French, but, yeah. <laughs> um... I have been witness to this, and it has it has um, it has caused me many nights of of, of thought, <laughs> deep thought. Yeah, okay. I, I've actually seen it myself. Okay, very cool. Yeah. Uh, can you can you tell us what color it was, or I mean, if you want to share, that's fine. If you don't, that's okay too. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. Um, what I seen was it was two. Distinctly two, and I'm I'm calling it eyes because that's what they look like to me. I didn't see a body, although I did see at one point I did see the the two eyes go down because I think whatever it was it was interested in a in a little light lure that it was standing behind and near a tree, and I seen part of what could have been an arm pass in front. Mm-hmm. From if you're looking at the light lure, it would have been from right to left, and then it went yeah. back and up. <clears throat> um, but it was the color of the eyes. It was like a, a reddish orange, but it was yeah. it was brighter towards the center. The orangish color was more bright towards the center. It wasn't a deep red. It was it was a a bright red that, as it went towards the center, got lighter and lighter and lighter. Mm-hmm. It was, okay. it was really interesting, and and I'll be honest and tell you, I I would not call this eye shine. I wouldn't yeah. call it eye shine, and I think that I think that it's wrong to use that term okay. because this was not reflective at all. I wasn't using a flashlight to see it. I think it may have mm-hmm. been picking up light, whatever it was, from the light lure. Mm-hmm. And reflecting off of that, but it, it wasn't like if you if you put your flashlight in a deer at a deer's face, you know how it mm-hmm. is, the light reflects back from the eyes. Right. right. It didn't do that at all. It didn't mm-hmm. do that at all. It was it was like a glow. It was just a glowing, two glowing circles in 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 the darkness. Right. Almost like a fiery, uh, like a fiery eye shine, right? Yeah, yeah. And I've had, I had one other person say to me, you know, it was what they had seen was like, you know, somebody picked up an ember from a fire and mm-hmm. put them in the, just put them up, and, and yeah, that's that's pretty damn exactly. close. Yeah. 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 So I've, I've had several uh, several reports of that, and um, uh, I've seen the same thing myself. Uh, very, very, very red, bright, glowing eye shine, mm-hmm. and uh, very interesting. But uh, I like the different. There are different colors reported, and uh, I've, right. I've only seen one. And I, I would really like to see a different color. It would be great, <laughs> but I'm not holding out for that one. But uh, but I've I've taken reports of people that saw green. Uh, one guy um, here recently, I guess about a month ago or a month and a half ago now, uh, told me that he had saw a blue eye shine, and huh. he was certain that it would it come from the creature because he saw the creature as well. And uh, so it's that's that's one of my favorite topics. Uh, I love eye shine. But thank you so much for sharing that with us. And would, did one more question about that? Did that happen on that Virginia uh, expedition deal? Uh, Yes, it did. Oh, <laughs> it did. okay. In All fact, right. it happened while I was uh, giving an interview to Bob Coyne. Uh huh. I think I was there. I was. I mean, I wasn't there with you, but I was listening to the radio show that night, so I was there in spirit. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and I, and I felt bad, and I felt bad because here I am giving this interview to Bob Coyne, and he had just asked me a question when when it happened. Right. And I was. <laughs> And if you go back and if you listen to the show that night, you can see where it ha- you can you can hear where it happens because I start to talk in circles. I, for the life of me, I could not remember what he asked me, 
And I'm not even sure that I cared. I just kept talking because I didn't want, and at the same time I was looking around trying to find someone, but I was by myself. And I just, I didn't know what to do. I mean, it, I was I was stunned. I was shocked. because it, I mean, It was one of those heat of the moment things that was very cool. Lord have mercy. Well, you know, I mean, you're standing there and you're seeing something that you're not supposed to be seeing. This is not supposed to happen. And did I think in a million years I would ever be witness to something like that? No, I really didn't. I had no, I didn't think that that was going to happen to me. But, um, you know, when it happened, I, as soon as the interview was over with, I immediately went and got Billy. And I said, you know, were there people down there with, with red headlamps? And Billy said, not that he knew of, you know, but go get the two guys that had the headlight or had the light lure up. Right. So I went and got them, and they said no, it wasn't them. So we went back and got Billy, and then we all went down there and actually checked out the area. But we Very didn't, cool. yeah, we didn't find any any evidence that anything had been there. But yeah. I mean, I actually stood there and watched it the entire time, and I actually watched it leave the area. Yeah, I mean, it just turned, and it was. Just one red circle left, and the other one just followed right behind it, just like it was attached. Very cool. It was amazing. Very cool. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. And uh, about the, if you don't care, can we get into that Monster ep- Monster Quest episode you were in? Sure. I'd like to talk a little bit about that and then ask you sure. a few questions on it. Sure. Now, on that one, it was um, an all-female team of researchers Yep. And I thought that was just that was a great idea, very smart. Uh, could you tell our listeners a little bit about why this concept of only women? Well, I think it was because for a while there had been discussions that, you know, the animal may not be as um, intimidated by women and that maybe right. women might have a better shot mm-hmm. at getting this animal on camera. I don't know exactly what the entire theory was behind it because it wasn't mine. Um, but, you know, we were we were asked if we wanted to attend, and that mm-hmm. was um, myself, Kathy Moskowitz, Strain, um, yeah. Monica Rollins, Tracy Her- Hergestad, I think that's her mm-hmm. last name. I apologize if I pronounced her wrong. Uh, Christine, <laughs> Christine Walls, and I think that's it, and Christine Walls, yeah. Very cool. Yeah, I, I thought you know a, a whole a team of women would be less threatening than having one guy out there, and I just thought that was such a smart idea and a great thing to try. Uh, y'all were definitely breaking new ground on that, and uh, my hats off to you. That was great. And I, I noticed uh, also uh, you guys did some uh, some baiting, uh, yeah. did some set up some bait stations, right. And I saw, I watched uh, on the episode, y'all were cutting up some apples. And I thought right then, okay, all right, these girls are smart. They know what's <laughs> going on. They, they they know that's going to let that scent from those apples carry for miles, you know. Right. But but what all uh, did you guys use for bait? Um, Kathy Strain actually brought some um, animals, or some animals. She actually brought some fruit that was um, grown without the use of pesticides, and right. um, so there was apples and plums. I think that's pretty much that's, that's pretty much what was. Oh, cool! That's all there was, no, was. Apples and plums. No modern no, chemicals or nothing, right? Right, right. Very cool. Yeah, yeah, and there was three and, different bait stations. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, how did they? How did you guys? How did y'all deploy the bait? Was there a, like a different strategy? Did you like leave it out in the middle of an open ground or some of it in the tree line or, or what was the, the strategy there? Well, um, one bait pile and the one that's been the most argued about was mm-hmm. the bait pile that we left where the skookum cast impression was found. Right. Um, and we left another bait pile there on the top of a log. The one that remember you, where you talked about us cutting the apples, right? That right, was there right. on, on the top of a downed tree um, mm-hmm. that had been sliced off, and there was a nice little bowl in it, you know. So right. we decided that'd be a great place. It gets it up off the ground, and the wind can carry Perfect. the scent, and yeah, yeah, 
And it was a great place because then we set a game cam right across from it. And then the third one was actually um, in a cheesecloth that we hung from a string on yeah. off of a tree limb, and it was filled with salmon. Oh. And that was actually down in Skookum Meadows near an elk wallow. Right. Very cool. So yeah. you used like a, a meat meat item too, rather than only fruits. Right. We were trying to we were trying to see if we could get any validation for some of the, you know, the various people who have discussed putting out bait, you know, or right. you know, some people call it offerings, you know, or whatever. Right. So we decided to mm-hmm. see if we could get any validation if this would actually work. Um, interesting yeah. thing was the for all the bears that you have in the Cascade Mountains and Skookum Meadows. That mm-hmm. salmon wasn't even touched. Wow. Yep. Wow. I mean, the bees, well, the bees loved it, but um, yeah. it wasn't even touched. We didn't even expect to see that again. Um, Very interesting. Yeah. The skookum pile was, I don't believe that was touched. Mm-hmm. And the one, and there's an excellent photo of a really nice elk with that, that one pile that was left on the tree. Um, yeah. That did get a little bit of of activity, but not as much as we expected that it would. Right. So. And you guys, you actually found a uh, a track, or did you cast a track? Yes, we did. That expedition. Oh, yes, cool. we did. Yep. Actually, we casted two. There was mm-hmm. the one that you seen casted um, during the show on the side of the hill. Uh huh. That was yeah. me trying not to fall down the mountain. And um, <laughs> that was, we think that was actually a bear track. Um, the second one didn't make it on film. It was, I believe it was like the second or the last day. Mm-hmm. And um, we had to go in and get the game cams from Skookum Meadows, which took quite a while to hike down in there. But yeah. um, there was a second you one. You guys were like, you were like rained on every day, weren't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the only <laughs> day we were not rained on was was the day that we arrived, but then it started raining that night. <laughs> and then it rained every day, off and on, until the last day when we woke up with um, frost on our tents and we had to pack up and leave. <laughs> oh. oh, wonderful. <laughs> yeah, the conditions the conditions were, were were pretty bad. I mean, it yeah, the conditions were pretty bad. But we had a, we had a really good time, and you, know, you make the best out of a bad situation, you know. It didn't stop us from from doing what we, what we went there to do, so it was it was interesting. Well, you know, I, I've tried uh, this this past year uh, working with a bait station, a couple of different bait stations, and uh, you know I've not had any luck on on finding anything that these things like yet. But uh, do you have any thoughts on uh, possible uh, bait food or items to try? Well, you know, I hear a lot of people talking about using salmon. You know, and these people live in the east. You know, I, I would say I would say to people, you know what, use things that are local to your area. Right. You know, don't go in if you don't live in an area where the an animal would have access to salmon. Don't right. don't bait with salmon. You know, bait right. with what you can pull out of the local river. You know, go to the grocery store. You know, what do they have there? You can find catfish fillets. Or you know even cod, pretty cheap, you know. Yeah. Um, I would say you just use what you can find locally. Pull out of your own garden if you've got a garden, that works mm-hmm. too, you know. Cool. I mean, I don't think you have to go to extreme measures. If you're going to buy fruit from a store, I would say take it home and wash it really good to yeah. get those pesticides and the wax, because there's always a waxy film that's uh-huh. put on yeah. on uh, apples to make them shiny. So right. wash that off really good. But um, like Billy Very said, good advice. Yeah, like Billy said, just use you know the simplest you know thought to the put your simplest thought into it. Right. Hey Chris, we well, got some questions from Melissa out of the chat room. Oh, go ahead, Billy. Um, let me. Uh, I'm gonna run a couple of them. Uh, fir- the first one, she's probably gonna get a little chuckle out of because it's from <laughs> Alan. Hey. <laughs> and uh, Alan wants to know: Was the all-female expedition the one where the cameraman had to go to bed by 10 p.m.? Oh, you know what? <laughs> Every time I do one of these shows, <laughs> oh, no. 
and the topic is about Monster Quest. <laughs> Alan is always in the chat room. And Alan, Alan is always ready with this one question about the cameraman. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, yeah. and now I'm, I am going to uh, sort of reluctantly ask this question. <laughs> Abe's probably a little more comfortable asking people this question, but I'll go ahead and say it. Uh, Abe wants to know, Melissa, was on the all-female expedition, was any of the women on their little monthly schedule? Okay. Um, <clears throat> not that I am aware of. Um, and that's actually a very good question because we were in bear country. Um, mm-hmm. And we were all very, very much, you know, forward-thinking in that respect. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, because that, that is an issue that women do need to take seriously. I mean, I'm I'm lucky. I'm one of the lucky few. I don't, that's not a concern of mine. But, I mean, if you're a woman and you're going into the woods and there's bears in the area I, or right. cats or anything like that, that is something that you need to seriously consider. So, But we okay. had all talked about that quite a bit, and I'm not that I'm aware of, no. Right. Important information. A little bit uncomfortable topic, but very important information. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And that's the kind of information that can save your life if you're going into an area and you're a woman exactly. and you don't know, you know. That's right. Are you really right. rolling the dice? That's exactly right. Yeah. But, uh, Melissa, if, there's, if you could go back there now, is there anything you would do or would have done differently back for that episode? I would have made the rain disappear. I <laughs> <laughs> sure. yeah. figured that was coming, yeah. <laughs> Well, you see, we did have access to a thermal, but mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately, the thermal wouldn't work. I'm not sure oh. if it was from the humidity or from all the rain and stuff like that, but we couldn't get that to work. Um, oh. If I could have changed anything, I would have, and this is probably answering Alan's question, I would have asked for a cameraman who was more interested in what females are actually capable of out in the woods. Mm-hmm. Um, we do set up camera traps. We do operate technical equipment. We are capable of recording vocalizations and um, keeping track of records and information that you know we come across while we're out there. And it would have been nice, you know. I mean, because basically the public seen us camping, and that was really about it, you know. Well, I think yeah, I think you you, you would have been been better to use a, a female camera operator. Well, we didn't have that. Yeah, that that wasn't our choice. So, right. And um, so, I mean, if if I had had my chance or my my say, if I could make things Mm -hmm. different, that's what I would change. Yeah, very good. Well, because you know, and I'll just kind of extend this a little bit, but there's a lot of women out there in this field of research who get out there and do tough work, just like the guys do. And I don't think that they get the kind of credit that they deserve. And I'm not talking about myself. I'm talking about some some tough girls who get out there and do it. And yeah. they deserve some respect, too. So they spend far more time in the field than I do. Yeah. yeah. Very good points. All very good. But uh, is there any advice for new researchers just getting started that you could think of? Huh. Maybe just one or two points. It doesn't. <laughs> just, just bring your common sense. Yeah, just, just bring your common sense to this. You know, I mean, be willing to explore new ideas, but not ideas that you know require that your brain fall out of your head. Um, yeah. Look for new ideas. Try new things. You know, I'm always looking for something different to try in the field. You know, and. Yeah. But just overall, just just bring basic common sense, you know, because that'll help you in the research, but it'll also keep you alive when you're in the woods. So I think that's the best advice I could give to anybody. Very good. Very good. Thank you. Uh, Is that all from the chat room, Billy? That's all the questions I've seen from the chat room. Unless uh, unless I missed one, and and if I did, then uh, kindly ask that you all retype it. But that's the only questions I've seen so far. Yeah, uh, guys in the chat, I'm, I've not been watching the, the chat tonight. I've been kind of like fooling with this board, so you'll have to forgive me. <laughs> maybe uh, maybe next week things get back to normal and I can go in there and type and, and aggravate you a little bit in the chat room. But 
but this week I'm still on the on on the on the board, as it were. But uh, uh, Melissa, are there any? Uh, have you got any upcoming projects planned or or conferences or anything that we need to know about? Well, um, or that you want to share? <laughs> well, the ABS is currently planning two expeditions. Um, we'll be in Pennsylvania here in the spring, and then we're going to go on to Virginia. Um, there's not much else I can tell you about that. And then in May, I will be in attendance at the Ohio Conference. Looking forward to seeing everybody. Um, yeah, so I'm just looking forward because here with the spring coming, hopefully soon, um, Wayne and I are looking forward to getting into South Ohio because uh, we've got a report that we want to put our feet on the ground and go take a look around. It's a pretty promising area. Oh, yeah. And that's that's the thing. The spring is coming. The warm weather is already showing up here in Kentucky, and we're just now starting to heat up because I think uh, these things are going to come start coming out of the woodwork now and try to put on some extra pounds because I, th- I think they tend to get a little thin over the winter. And uh, they're very, very active in the springtime in Kentucky. And I'm just tickled to death. I can't wait. I hope we end up with a bunch of encounters. Yeah. I know what I hear you. That would be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh. oh, love to see one every day. <laughs> yeah. Love to have a good uh, high-definition video just one time with a little <laughs> DNA collected, too. Yeah, that would be but, uh, that would be really nice. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, I think I already know the answer to this, Melissa, but I'm going to go ahead and ask you anyway. Are you uh, in the, the no-kill camp or the pro-kill camp? Oh, boy. I am no co- I'm no kill. Now, no kill. that that doesn't mean that I'm going to tell somebody else that they can't. Exactly. Cause it's yeah. not my place, you know, and I'm not going to throw stones at you because, you know, even though I'm no kill, I'm smart enough to know that it's going right. to take a body to end this. Yeah. I'm just not right. willing to pull the trigger myself. Right. No. So, and I I think of it the same way. I am a, a no kill. But, uh, you know, I do go into the woods armed, and I'm not willing to die for one of these creatures. But now <laughs> I, uh, I'm i a no-kill uh, except when it comes to self-defense. Now, if, right. if one is about to rip my head off, you know, I'm sorry. I'm going to defend myself. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but but I, I don't think we need to be running out in the woods trying to, to pop one behind every tree. No. No. Well, you know, and I... I got into this conversation with somebody on a website, you know, and I, he said, uh, well, he's willing to take one as a specimen sample. And I said, okay, that's fine, but I'm telling you right now, a scientist is going to want more than one. Say you pop a male, you bring him in a male, he's going to say, scientists, it's going to say, great, now go back out there and get me a female and a juvenile. Right. And this person said, well, I'm not going to do that. I'm like, well, what's the difference? It's a specimen. Yeah. It's, a, it's a female specimen now. You know, what's, what's the difference? And you might as well take out the entire family group, because if it's a male, female, and a juvenile, if you kill the male, you've just taken away the the way that they get their food. Because most likely, right. if it's like any other primate, the male primates are the ones, by and large, that do get the majority of the food. Females do too, but you know, it's you know, I, I think it's six of one, half done a dozen of the other. If somebody's willing to do it, that's fine. You know, knock yourself out. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, if it's me or the animal in that situation, I'm going to do what it takes to survive. But that's yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's the way I look at it. That's, that's the only condition that I would ever remove my pistol from its holster is right. if my life was indeed threatened. Right. And I don't mean just by them being there. <laughs> right. Well, you know, I think the ultimate goal is not just killing one, and it's the ultimate goal. I think in the end is finding an animal. Being able to find it again and observe it. Exactly. Because you're going to find out so much more about this animal that you couldn't find out if you shot and killed it. Sure, you're going to find out about its anatomy. You can find out basics of what it eats, whatever it has in its stomach at the time, or what it's still processing. But you're not going to find out, you know, do they live in family units? Right, exactly. We can learn a wealth. We can learn a wealth of information from these creatures by just watching them. 
rather than exactly. trying to take them apart. Exactly. Yeah. And with that, I think we've got about five minutes left of the show. Uh, Melissa, I, you've been a great guest, uh, better than I'd hoped. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm so tickled to, to have you on the show, and I hope you'll come back again with us sometime. And, uh, Billy, uh, any last thoughts, bud? Uh, no, not really. <clears throat> I think y'all covered it quite well. Uh, <laughs> I'm just glad that y'all both are very long-winded and that I could just sit here and relax and goof <laughs> off with the people in the chat room. Well, now that you're uh, you're starting to get back online a little bit, on air a little bit, Billy, I think uh, I, I would I would like to see this happen a little more often if it was me. I, mean, I, <laughs> but, uh, I know, I know. I, I do get I do get emails quite often that people ask uh-huh. me if I'm bringing the show back, and I, you know, quite honestly, after the the time that I've had to really not have to worry about scheduling the show and, and stuff. Right. I mean, it's really been very, very relaxing. Right. Less, less yeah. stress. I mean, it, it it does a lot for you. It really does. I'll agree okay. with that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. well. We'll keep picking at you, though, bud. See if we can't, see if we can't get Sasquatch Watch Radio back on, because I loved it. It's one of my favorite shows, too. But, uh, okay, everybody. Uh, once again, thanks, Melissa, for, for being a great guest tonight. And thanks our thanks to our special guest co-host, Mr. Billy Willard. Thank you, Billy. I appreciate thanks. it, buddy. You did a great job, as usual. Thank and, you, uh, this is <laughs> for, uh For Steve Coles, who is currently somewhere in uh, or near Loch Ness, I hope he's not in Loch Ness, but near Loch Ness, uh, we'll bid you an all good evening. Uh, please join us next week, uh, same time, same place, 8 p.m. Eastern, Blog Talk Radio, Squatch Detective Radio. So uh, for Steve Coles, good night, everybody. It's Chris Bennett saying good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Confusion